Punkt. Emperor Alpatine here for the United Way <laughs> episode 19. Do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Join uh, the dark side. <laughs> God. The, the bleak side. Um, welcome to episode 19, the Dwight York episode. Um, Dan Rashford. No, I just can't put Rashford over around little bump. Um, so, been a little whinge bag because he's not getting game for him. Yeah, he's been a bit whingy as of late. But two games to uh, to watch on. How are you? Are you okay? I am actually. Yeah, yeah. Because you made the trip over. Yeah, for the bomb. Your dad game. and your brother. Yeah. It looked like a lovely trip, bar the game. Bar the. So let's talk about the positives of how that was such a nice trip for you because your dad is from the area. Yep. So it was a lovely family experience. Yeah, I got to bring me got to bring my dad back to to Manchester. He's I think they left they left Manchester for, to Dublin when he was about 15, 16, so about 45 years since he's been in Old Trafford. And obviously it's changed mm. immensely since then. Um and the little brother had never been to Old Trafford before, so I got to bring him for the first time. Oh, um but we also like got the full hospitality experience, so mm. up one of the suites and three course meal complimentary bar decent seats um, yeah and the Sir Alex Ferguson side of the stand so facing the dugouts um, but yeah look the the overall exp- experience was absolutely in, like insane and I'm so privileged that I got to do something like that for, for my dad and my brother but mm. um, on the football side of things oh my god oh my god it was Poison. We'll talk about that in a bit. I think it's very nice. I just want to say thank you. Nice to see stuff like that. Really is. Um, I went there last year with my father-in-law, who's also a big United fan. And it was a great experience. I think he's only been there once or twice before. Look to do it again with him and my brother-in-law, who's never been to Old Trafford. Phil, we're gonna go, and it's gonna hopefully, they, hopefully they don't capitulate during the ninety minutes. But, but it's a nice thing doing that. It is. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. It, like it really, it really was. Um, and then, yeah, getting to work directly with, with the club that I've you know loved when when entire life and, and my dad grew up loving. Um, mm. Like I mean, yeah, absolutely insane, insane. Yeah. If someone had said to me a year ago, two years ago, that you'd be doing an Instagram collaboration with Manchester United, would have laughed in their face. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, um, yeah amazing experience. Um, but on the football sort of stuff. Absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Anthony does not belong anywhere near a football pitch. I'm telling you now. Like, it's obviously very different when you're sitting in the stands and you can watch the entire pitch and you see what players are doing off the ball and, and things like that, right? Diogo Dallo is poison. Anthony is poison. But above all, Anthony Martial is a fucking joke. Well, just on that, and I said it before we started recording, um... David Ornstein put out a tweet this morning on Martial and they are not considering a contract extension for him. They are potentially looking at suitable offers in January for him, which probably will not happen. So he is 
more than likely definitely going to see out his contract um, till next June. Yeah. Just symptomatic of bad, bad ownership above with having a player like Martial in that squad. Eight years at the the club. Listen, the manager needs to stop playing these players. Uh, He isn't blameless in this. But now, for the people who are directing all of their energy towards Eric Ten Hag, you're fucking idiots. Um, Because he's part of a tiny, tiny, minuscule problem. Because it's it's constant over the years. It's constant changing manager after manager over the last decade. Yeah, I mean, we've had it with Mourinho. We've had it with Oli. We've had it. So, I mean, he's just one manager of the month as well, and then he loses three 0 to Bournemouth. Now, a result like that, it is unforgivable. It is unforgivable. Do you know what? The result was one thing. It was the performance and the performance. It was yeah. the performance. We did not test the keeper once in over a hundred minutes. Well, look what we had up front. Minutes. Yeah, Martial. Nothing. A guy, uh, uh, like... I don't understand. I know Hoyland Why does is, he drop so deep? I <laughs> I understand, um, you know, like Hoyland's coming back from, from injury and stuff like that and he's trying to like manage him back into the team or whatever. Um, I really... Ready, Damien. But I really don't want... Like, start him. Start him and take him off at the hour mark. If you're going to make a change at the hour mark, start him and then put Rashford down the middle. That's the thing because Rashford came on and he had a bit of grip between his teeth because he's been dropping out two games in a row. Mm. Yeah, do you know what I mean? He doesn't want to be sitting on a bench. He wants to be, and all of a sudden he's running and, and tracking. So if that's if that's the Marcus Rashford you get coming off the bench, play Hoyland for an hour. But that's bollocks as well. That should be that should be the application but, of every player. Of course it every should be. Game. Of course it should be. But unfortunately, the, it's not. And even with Luke Shaw, when Telles came in and Malasia came in, he needed that kick up the arse to to mm. finally put in a few good performances and this is what's happening with Rashford when I see that that pisses me off more so yeah. and saying, oh, it doesn't encourage me so no. I think you fucking prick why didn't you do that when you were like guaranteed your starting place Yeah, it, it's pure bollocks if you ask me just because they've lost their fucking place they come on and they start putting in a bit more effort you should be doing that every game because that's the fucking standard of a Manchester United player absolutely and bollocks and Anthony as well I don't know what the crack is with him because he had been putting in a bit of effort now he's secured a starting place he can't be fucking arsed do you know what like there, there is an element of, of work right there there's an element of effort from Anthony right but he is He's so one-dimensional. Like it's it's not even funny how easy it is to defend against this guy. It's so I mean? easy. Like isn't it? there's there, there's a difference between being pre- predictable and then being like what what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, like fucking useless. Pragmatic. But he's, fucking he's, useless. He, but he's a very pragmatic like, player. Every, every defender that came up against Iron Robin knew exactly what he was going to do. You, you literally knew exactly what the guy was going to do. Could yeah. you stop it? No. No. You know exactly what Anthony's going to do and it's easy to stop all of the time. Yeah. So what's the point? Yeah. Like what's actually the point? The guy is terrified to take somebody on. Mm. Like you want to see sitting in the stands there at Bournemouth and we're on a counter-attack and then he pulls back. You're thinking this over, like you can hear the groans from people around yeah. you. He does it every time. Every t- every time. He, he's he's useless and he's pragmatic. And I also thought, um, not giving Kobe Moyneau any minutes against Bournemouth was fucking tragic as well. Yeah. Because Amrabat didn't play well from the get go. Mm-hmm. From the get go, 
And this idea... But well, that's the problem. I, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Look what he has to fucking deal with and look at the space that's been left open in the midfield by playing Bruno and McTominay. I, I said this in last week. Yeah, we've you're said playing them as You're playing them as two advanced midfielders. Yeah. And there's so much space. And Amrabat has to deal with that. Playing, playing as, as a tree... And where... he doesn't have pace, Amrabat. Playing playing as a tree with one one six and two eights is, is we we do not have no. the personnel for that. We just don't get back to the four two three one. Yeah, the double pivot. It, it that is the way to go. 100%. You've got the players there to play that formation as why, well. Yeah. So why not? Like, I know it's I know it's fucking bombing, but when when we really need results, why not play a bit more pragmatic? Why not start with a double pivot? Why not throw Moyne in there beside Amrabat? Mm-hmm. And then as the game progresses and we get a full... Well, also, we're at home. We didn't test the keeper once. Like, no clear-cut opportunity. Mm. We go back to Martial, though. To score a, to, this, to this, score a goal. But McTominay is the top scorer. But that, And that's the thing. They're, they're relying on McTominay for the goal. But we're not... Even, even, like... I mean, you could put Haaland up there. You could put Haaland and Kane up there. You can put anybody up there. We're not actually creating chances. We're not opening teams up. Whether it's on the counter or whether they're in a low block, we're not actually you know doing it. If we're relying on McTominay for the goals, and if he's playing in an advanced midfield position, why not fucking shift him out and actually put him up front as an out-and-out striker and see what happens? Because I'd fucking play him there ahead of Martial all day. 100%. And I'd play him there ahead of Hoyland. No disrespect to the kid, but this kid was brought in as in kind of a bit part role to, to play the role to a, a senior striker the fucking senior striker who he could be playing that role to is useless in Martial Martial's what he's 27 mm. at the end of the month like the fact that we missed out on Harry Kane the fact that we did not go for him that he was that missing piece for us well, when you think the money, criminal when you think the, I know we I feel sorry for Hoyland I really do because he's been thrown into the fucking the lion's den yeah. essentially I think Hoyland Hoyland is the first player in, and I mean in a long time that the club have invested f- uh, um, in terms of like a future star. The first player in a long time. Maybe, I know Bruno wasn't like a 19, 20 year old kid or whatever but Bruno was also like a long term investment because of I mean, it, it's proven that he is. Do you know what I mean? But like Casemiro, Amrabat, I know Amrabat's on loan, uh, Mount, um, Where is he? Varane. <laughs> <laughs> where is Mason Mount yeah. like do you know what I mean like so there is an element of where the club probably looked at um, Kane and Hoyland and thought to themselves um, one's an investment to the future one's an investment right now it, look it's hard to know because if if we we give out to them for investing in the right now and not investing in the future and then they have invested in the future and weren't giving out anyways but that's just because when you look at the money they spent on Mason Mount, mm. like, why wasn't that just lumped in for a, a a bid for Kane? Like, I know, yeah. Like, I really don't get it. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, I, I like, I like Hoyland. I think he absolutely has tons of fucking potential. But why not lump in for he's, Kane right now? At the moment, that he's a second string striker. But, but why not lump in the money? Go, go all in, guns blazing. Like, all ends up for Harry Kane. Mm-hmm. And then... The following year, when you have another bunch of money in the kit, you go for Evan Ferguson, and yeah. there's your investment into the future. <clears throat> yeah. Like I don't understand how why, why that you, wasn't the, the thought process. The opportunity was there. 
for and the thing to is, go for Harry Kane. And the thing is, Brighton want to hold on to Evan Ferguson. Obviously, they've got they're in European football as well mm. now this year. So also signed that contract until was it twenty? Yeah, but this is what I mean. Or so why why isn't there like? You know, I was only talking to my dad about this. Like, you know, it could have offered like um, fifty million up front, guaranteed fifty million for the kid, right? But then have loads of add-ons if you if you make the top six, if you get X amount mm. of far in the European, if you get to a, a cup final, if you win a cup, and then the fee could potentially be a hundred million, mm. but they're guaranteed fifty. Yeah, and then they hold on to him for a year. We loan him back for the year, and then if he reaches those targets within that year at Brighton, then the fee goes up and up and up and up and up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's an incentive for them to keep him fit. It's an incentive for them to play the guy. Yeah. It's an incentive for them to develop him because they want to reach these targets because then they get more money for the guy. Mm. And if none of that happens, they're guaranteed 50 million anyway. Yeah. Why wasn't that the strategy? I know. Look, I really, I re- the recruitment in the club is fucking so well, poor. I, I, um, I finished off the podcast last week with a, an article on Ratcliffe, apparently, that deal happening this week. And that's been delayed again. Of course, of course so it what is. What the fuck? Of course it is. is Those owners don't know head. if they want to sell. They don't know if they want to keep. They might sell a little bit, but not too much. And like, it's um. Do you know what? It, it almost feels like now that they've zero intention of selling, but they're just dangling that idea there to keep people happy and keep them distracted because nobody is really going all guns blazing at mm. the Glazers right now. Because there seems to be light at the end of the tunnel. But those fuckers are just extending the length of the fucking tunnel each time. And the light coming at the end of the tunnel might be a fucking oncoming train at this rate. Because that's how bad it is. That is how bad it is. Like, I sat there in Old Trafford and when that third goal went in, the amount of people that just got up and walked the fuck out. And mm. boos. I heard that the boos were the loud. The boos were loud. Did you join? Absolutely I did. Good man. Absolutely I did. Because the result is one thing. I can take a, I can take a beating. From any team. I have no problem losing a game of football if the performance is good. If you perform and you just happen to be outperformed or there's an element of luck, mm. that's football. Yeah. But the performance there, it was a fucking joke. It was an absolute joke. And there's young kids. Why yesterday. did we play so good against Chelsea and so bad? But we didn't play good against Chelsea. Chelsea were just fucking yeah. shit. They were Chelsea shit. Were I thought shit we, and Chelsea made us no, look good. But Chelsea, that was Chelsea were you said it yourself. A couple of times. You said it yourself. They fought for that manager. Who? who? That, that, that Chelsea game. They were like playing for Ten Hag. They were playing for Ten Hag. They weren't but, in Bor- during Bor- mm, Bournemouth. Were they? I were thought some they of were. them playing for themselves? They were still be- shit. Like there's no. I think some of them were playing for themselves they were because then themselves. the because then the blame is on the manager. Yeah, because. The spotlight was on the players going up to that game. Massively so. Yeah. May, cause, cause the, not, the narrative not... has always been on the manager. And now people are yeah. saying, well, we've gone through manager, 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 manager. It must be the players. And now it, all of a sudden... It was then they the fans' up. narrative that was kind of against the players. The media narrative will always stay the same. It was on the manager. But I've... like uh, The social media, the, the build-up to the Chelsea game last week... You know, there was a lot of fans on social media who were fucking, you go, you fuckers better perform tonight. You know, let's not fucking put the pressure on Ten Hag. Let's put the pressure on these players. But it's like that. And, and I tweeted it. I said, you know, they, they beat Chelsea midweek. That's a bit of pressure off them. A bit of relief for them. <laughs> and it's like they, they go back to their fucking whatever mode that they go back to. Um... And they put in a fucking horrible performance like that against Bournemouth. Mm. The mode where they just don't give a shit. The money that they're earning, the astronomical wages that some of those players are earning every week, it fucking sickens me. The mentality, and, the mentality to it is like when when they I'm, when they go out and, and and perform. Like, okay, 
the, the Chelsea one is a bit of like a, a Fugazi, a, like a Fugazi or whatever. Like where Chelsea were actually just bad. Like they were really, really bad. And there was instances shit, where they actually... But they had chances. This is what I'm saying. There was instances where they cut us open. Yeah. And a much better team, we wouldn't have won that game. Yeah. They'd have punished us, right? But as, as you said, there, there is an element of them playing for themselves playing to take the pressure off themselves and then when that pressure is off then they resort back to the same thing this is like someone passing their driving test for the very first time and then jumping in a Formula 1 car and thinking that they can beat Lewis Hamilton that's the that's the same fucking thing yeah good analogy yeah. like it's fucking crazy it is absolutely crazy it is and then you see people like when you're watching that game right and it's the, obviously on the telly you're following the, the, the ball mo- most of the time and as is, is the camera when you're watching fucking poor Bruno Fernandes Fucking! I swear to God, my heart no. breaks for that guy. My heart breaks because he's too. fucking running himself. Now into the, the, yellow, the yellow card was, but the ref was fucking piss poor, right? Mm. The first twenty minutes, he booked them uh, for time wasting, walking over to a corner. They continued to time waste even worse for the whole game, yeah. and he didn't even warn another player. Why book early on and then not maintain know, that same consistency through? Right? I think. The amount of late tackles in, in that game, like um, the ball is being pinged in to say Bruno and it's a bounce pass right back and then there's a kick then through the back of the calf. Yeah. And there's no yellow cards for that. I think the, all the yellow cards, one for time waste and the rest one for descent. That's what it was. Um, he's, it, he's doing too much. He's doing far too much. Because he has to, because no one else is doing that. He hasn't, he hasn't got the players there in midfield to accommodate for him to essentially flourish in the position that he likes to play in. I've always said this, Bruno Fernandes is better as a number eight as opposed to a number 10. Just dropping that little bit deeper. That's That for me is Bruno Fernandes' why, ideal position. Why don't they play Bruno and Moinu as a 6-8 and then play Mount as a, as a 10? As a 10. And that, that, that could work. But, but then the only problem is now I know Moinu he's young. He does have a bit of physicality about him. You think of the physical players, the likes of Amrabat, Casemiro, who we've all, you've come to the agreement. Do you think he's a number eight now, like myself? Yeah, I think so. Because he can't play as a six. He's not an enforcer anymore. Not anymore. And he's he's on the way back. Apparently, apparently his fitness has ramped up, so he could be back in the, within the next week or so. I hope so, because so, he was like. The, but the, we the, need the, that Casemiro. The Casemiro of last year. Yeah, we need that Casemiro Big time. back. And it, listen, if this is his kind of last but if you, couple if, of months, six months at the club and he fucks off somewhere else, fine. But just please, just put in performances for do, us. Do you know what the thing is? Like, when you think about players in, in like um, and, and, and in-game ta- tactics, right? So let's say you play Moinu and Bruno as as a 6A, right? That could really work. And then mount, mount as a 10, right? So Bruno essentially goes box to box and then obviously our possession then like he's the person that's prog- that's progressing the ball. Yeah. But then in-game tactics then change in terms of like okay, we're we're being we're a bit open and we're a bit vulnerable, we're a bit stretched in in yeah. the midfield there. Then you take Mount off, put Bruno back up to a ten, and put Amrabat or Casemiro or whoever else on beside Moyni, and then lock up that, and then you have two sixes. Yeah. In in a pivot then. Yeah. Like that's one substitution to completely flip your your midfield. Like and like mm. I'm not an elite manager the way Ten Hag is. Surely the guy has taught of this. Surely, and if he's not. I'm asking the question, why the fuck not? Well, I'm, and and as you mentioned earlier on, you said he's poison. Why is he persisting with playing Diogo Dallo? Well, Wambasaka's on the bench. performances. Wambasaka, what, what's Wambasaka done? He's done nothing wrong. Wambasaka, 
in that first half against Copenhagen, before the Rashford red card, we obviously had to fucking shore up after that because we were, mm. you know, down to 10 men. He was phenomenal going forward. That little pass from McTominay, to get a little kind of through ball he played to McTominay to slip it into Hoyland for the first or second goal. Mm. Phenomenal. Wan-Bissaka is actually very underrated going forward. He may not have the crossing ability of it's, it's, Dallow has. It's because it's not aesthetic. Yeah. It's because he runs weird. I don't care. He, I don't care how he runs. He's far more effective going forward. I'm and far he's more a effective. far better defender than Big fucking Dallow. Absolutely. And here's me saying, that, I, do you know what I said about Dallow before the World Cup in 2022? I was like, I was calling him one of the best right backs in the world. I think he's fantastic. He has the no, ability. No, he's not. He's no, shit. he has the ability to be brilliant. It's the same with wan You look at wan he has his fucking terrible moments, but he is a good player. I love the one one person said about online about uh, wan that he'll get it done. It won't be pretty, but he'll get it done. He'll get it done. Hmm. I, I do agree. Thoroughly, is great, but I, I think thoroughly Dallow, enjoy watching Wan Bissaka play right Dallow's back. Dallow's on form. I I really enjoy watching Dallow. I think he's genuinely quite a good player, but he's just not performing at the moment at all. He's yeah, but Wan Bissaka, I'd 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 rely on him far more than Dallow. But the whole the whole point of ha- down, you'll still get something out of Wan Bissaka with, with Dallow, and and not fucking passing to Hoyland for that but, goal. You've Fucking Egypt. But do you know what the do you know what the fucking yeah when he's true and he's, he's he's true on goal, he should have fucking And he puts it into the side in net. Ireland. Puts it in the side net like And that and that's another thing where you can feel sorry for Highland for it. The kid's not getting the fucking service. Yeah. The thing is, what 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 was me piss about um about the Dallow situation is that the whole point of having depth is that when a player is out of form, you put someone else in. You put them out, yeah. That's the whole point. You put them That's on the, the bench. whole point. Yeah. And they regain their form by coming off of the bench and proving it in training that they deserve their spot back. Form is temporary. Everybody goes through dips. Both on the left and on the right. And he's still securing a starting place. Now, I better... I, I'm, like, I better... I also... Also, I'm just going to touch on this as well, right? So, I try not criticise the manager, like, at all, right? When he put Johnny Evans on and he took Luke Shaw off, why wasn't Reglion taken off and Shaw moved to the left? Shaw moved to the left. And then put Evans on. That fucking pissed me off big time. I don't Big want point. Shaw as as a centre back anymore because Regalon's grand, but Malasia but is, you, is better than Regalon. Like proof last season when, when you when you know when when you know that Rashford and, and Shaw perform well together and you put Rashford on the on the pitch. Yeah. Why don't you move Shaw to left yeah. back then to facilitate it? There's no connection between them two, isn't there? Between Regalon and Rashford. No. There's a zero connection whatsoever. But that's the problem. And here we are. We're back to fucking accommodating for for good old Marcus. Yeah. But you know what the thing is, <laughs> no. right? So, um, this, this is where we, 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 we trick ourselves. We've, we've kind of kind of gone know. through kind of gone through most of the team there. Tom McTominay didn't play didn't play badly. Nothing special, nothing spectacular. The game in parts kind of passed them by. Um, but I will say, just a, a other well managed team though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like um, Onana didn't play badly despite picking the ball over his net five times. Three of them counted, mm. but none of the goals. Like you could say, he probably should have saved that, mm. right? Other than the one mistake which led to a goal which VAR chalked off, Harry Maguire was unbelievable. Yeah. He was. It, other than that one mistake that led to a, the VAR goal, he didn't put a foot wrong. And do you know what I'm going to say, right? He's our best defender. Harry Maguire's ability. To step out of out of the fence, right, and those pinged crossfield balls mm. down into the into the left wing, he always kind of 
comes yeah. out and then pings it over to the left. His ability to do that multiple times a game is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. It is wow. unbelievable. The accuracy in his passing range is a joke and it's never spoken about, ever. Mm. Ever. He's a great passer. He's fucking unbelievable. He was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant, he was. Mm. He was really good. My 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 worry is with, with Maguire, he's playing so well at the moment and... He should he he should hold he should hold his head up high after that game because he was one he was probably the only good performer best player on the pitch game. best player on the pitch. My worry is how will he pair with Martinez? Martinez? Now the thing, how, you know, the thing is Martinez plays as the left side defender and that's where Shaw has been like kind of pigeonholed in now because yeah. Ten Hag does not trust. It, it's just my classic way of thinking where you have a, a player who can essentially play out from the back but the, and then you have another well another the thing is if you, if you look the, dirty the, work. The, only, the only the only thing that I can say in Maguire's defence here now is for the past month he's had Shaw beside him he's had Evans beside him he's had Lindelof beside him and he's, he's performed consistency well mm. despite who the partner was so you would hope that that same thing happens when Martinez comes in yeah. and if Martinez comes in and it's the Martinez that we miss so fucking dearly and Maguire maintains this same sort of form that is a that is a centre back pairing that we are going to need in the new year because we are leaking goals. Yeah. Five times we picked the ball out of our own net in Old Trafford against fucking Bournemouth and didn't test their keeper once. Their keeper did not have to stretch for a single save, not one fucking time. A header that you had to like push over the bar. And it was a looping header at that. Yeah. Do you mean the fucker didn't have to break a sweat? Easiest clean sheet bonus that cunt ever got. Yeah. Do you mean piss take? And when you're watching that game, you look at the, you look back at the Chelsea game, and you just think to yourself, like, ch- like, why isn't Pochettino on the chopping block? Oh, it's mental. Because <laughs> it's mental. Because we, I don't want to say that we trashed them, but we. But that's all I've seen from from a social media accounts on Twitter, from a lot of fo- a lot of football commentators on Twitter, not so much journalists. Mm. All I'm seeing the last week. So why is Pochettino? Not getting scrutinised like and Eddie, and Eddie Howe. That's all, and Eddie Howe as well. I know, I know. Newcastle are dealing with with injuries and stuff, but so are we. We got no sympathy when we had eleven players out. We're still dealing, like we're still dealing with injuries. Where's Ericsson? Where Mount? Casemiro, Ericsson, Mount, Malasia, Martinez. Who else? Well, most of them are starting. Ahmad's coming back yeah, in. But this is what I mean. It's it's now December, and we're only starting to get these players back. By the way, Ahmad is, I think he's back to full fitness. You were talking about Anthony earlier on. You think he could be... He should be. Kick up the arse. He, abso- he absolutely should he, be. He could take his spot. The, the, the thing is now, right? His potential last What season. What Ten Hag should look yeah. at this now, right? When you look at the pressure from the media, right? And, and regardless of what the board might be saying, mate, don't worry about it. You're hardly getting sacked now. Look at, like, what, 18 months into a fucking mm. job. You're after getting two cup finals, won one of them, and you finished third in the league. Yeah. Right? You're, I know the form is bad, but don't be worrying about it. We don't know what the conversations are yeah. inside, right? But surely, surely with the results and the performances, Ten Hag surely just goes, well, what's that to lose? Yeah. Why not whack Ahmad in there? Why, yeah. Like, why the fuck not? Like, Why not try McTominay up front for fucking 30 minutes at the end of a game to see yeah. how it goes? Like, why not? Yeah. Why not stick Onana in as a fucking DM? Who gives a rack? Like, we're already losing. Just the clip with Gary Neville being interviewed on Sky. Did you see that? Where he says he hates going to the games. Uh, no, no, it was just yesterday no didn't see it in the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium people say oh you can't blame the Glazers yeah you can yeah you can because 10 years of failure of miserable recruitment comes down to the fact that they've not got a sporting director a proper head of recruitment in place 
That's why this happens. It's because ultimately managers and coaches look above them and think, well, I haven't got anybody there to help me, so I might as well just try and do it myself. And coaches don't have a recruitment. So this is all down to the leadership. Because it's, you know, if it happened once, fair enough, you'd say no. If it happens twice, say, that's a question. This is five times this has happened. Five times in 10 years. They spent a billion quid. They're on the limit on FFP. They're 700 million in debt. They're 300 million owing to other clubs. The, the, the bank overdrafts at 250, 300 million. The 1.2 billion under. And sort of Jim Rackley's going to have to come in and sort this out. And you wonder how he's going to be able to actually pull it out of it. That's, that's the concern I have. So what we need is a new change of structure at the top. That's going to happen hopefully in the next few weeks, months. Hopefully that will change the way in which the sporting project is looked at because you can't come in there and just leave everything as it is. And maybe with some sort of leadership and structure around the club, then maybe Manchester United could have some sort of what would be ability to be able to cope with the other clubs that re- recruit a lot better and do business a lot better. Doom and gloom there, but the two teams oh, playing right. here... <laughs> speaking to me. <laughs> quite relaxed. Pretty spot on. He is spot on. And, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, Manchester United Twitter accounts, commentators, a lot of people who are on social media purely to commentate on United, their fans or whatever, and they're... Um, just pushing all their energy, wasting all their energy on wanting Ten Hag to be sacked. And I just cannot, for the life of me, understand why they can't see the obvious bigger picture that's in play and that has been in play for the last decade or so. It honestly baffles me. Are they looking, are, are, they, are they doing this purely for themselves, for social engagement? They, know, they obviously know the Glazers are a big issue, but going in on Ten Hag seems to be the popular thing to do with journalists nowadays. So if they do the same thing, they'll get their YouTube views, their views on Twitter, Instagram. What's your take on that? Yeah, like I think it's it's lazy. Like like the, the like as you alluded to there, this kind of. Do you not think it's it's kind of deliberate too? Yeah, th- this is what I mean. It's it's lazy and it's lazy and deliberate. Like it, there's always a witch hunt there, always, mm. right? Uh, it's because it's easy and it gets clicks and it gets airtime. Yeah, and it's lazy and it's and it's easy, right? Mm. Because they they could do it. They could do it for Eddie Howe. They could do it for Spurs. Like um, Man City have had a, a a rough a rough late November, early December. Dropped a couple of points, lost mm. the Villa there. And I was talking about Pep. Because he's Pep, isn't it? Yeah, but this is what I mean. Like it's no matter who. No, but I think they're like but, Eddie Howe. But if and you put if you yeah, absolutely. If you put Pep in the United dugout, the results are the same, and the headhunt goes the same. All of a sudden, Pep is not protected because yeah. he's in the United dugout. Doesn't matter who goes in there. That's that's the, something that you have to deal with being a United coach. Yeah. Right, and it's something they have to deal with being a United player. So how do you deal with that? Cut off social media. I can ignore it. Do your traditional media obligations, go out there, do your interview, thanks Bob's your uncle, see you later. Mm. Bounce. Yeah. Straight, look, that's how you deal with, that's how you deal with that. Yeah. If there is external pressure and expect, remove it. Mm. And we seen last week, um, we actually, it was the, it was after we recorded our podcast that Ten Hag had banned um, Cavis Alcohol, um, Samuel Luckhurst and I don't know I forget the name of the other journalist but three bur- three journalists were banned mm. from the press conference for the Chelsea game last week yeah. 
which I thought was a great move. Absolutely, Fergie. Rem- reminis- Fergie-esque. Yeah, reminiscent of, Absolutely. of, of the Fergie days. Their job as a Sam- journalist. Samuel Lukehurst in particular. Uh, I want to comment from the Manchester Evening News. Crying on Twitter all week. Yeah. Um, poisonous. He is poisonous and he has been doing this for years. He did it when Ole was manager. Yeah. He, <clears throat> there, there is a rumour that I've seen on Twitter. I don't know if it's true or not, so don't go by what I've seen, but I'll just, I may as well spew it out on the podcast. But apparently he, um, he spreads a lot of misinformation, makes up a lot of shit about players falling out with the manager, has been doing it for years. Mm. You know, when the going gets tough, it's his kind of, uh, you could say... It's, it's, it's lazy it's, it's journalism. Christ, it's Christmas. It's his Christmas yeah. period, you know. It, it is. It's 100% lazy journalism. It's lazy and easy and it's guaranteed clicks, mm. which translates into money. Yeah. So they, don't give, they don't give a fuck. They do not give mm. a flying fuck. They I know the whole thing, never reveal your source, but he's had leaks for years. Apparently he's he's had great contact with the leaks at the club. You know, well, low, that's that's a lowish. That is honestly a lowish way because if he if he does if look if that's real, you can dwindle it down to exactly who the leaks are. Because Martial's been there eight years, um, and then Rashford was brought through by uh, by Van Gaal. Pretty much everyone else in the squad in the current squad but, it has either come up after that or has been bought has been bought in. So if he has these that, leaks for all these years, but that job is for the board. That job is for the people above Ten Hag to do oh, yeah. and they are not doing that job because essentially they don't give a fuck they don't really care some of them are on the way out so mm. it's it's the ineptitude yeah. of what is above Ten Hag as to why these leaks have been ongoing for years I mean we get the, we get the, we get the team line up two hours before kickoff. <laughs> we have been getting that for the last I don't know how long, five, six years. Mm. No other club has that. No other club has a, has a leak for the lineups. Only our club, and they've done nothing about it. Yeah, they've done nothing about it for years. But you know, I he, I come it, in here every week, and we just we have there's something fucking new to complain about. There's a bad result. I am honestly sick and tired of it. I'm I am I'm sick and tired of so bef- it. So before we before we go onto Twitter and read out um some of the questions and, and stuff like that um that Al prompted earlier on, um there was a list of players named by Roy Keane that should be axed from the club. Did oh, see, did he name? Did, did, he? You, did you see this? Appar- no. Apparently. Um Martial, Anthony, Sancho, Maguire, Lindelof, Evans, Dallo, Ericsson. Varane, Amrabat. So the first thing I pick up there is the fact that Marcus Rashford has somehow escaped this list. Yeah, and he was he went in on Rashford. Right. Somehow, somehow that. Rashford has escaped this uh, this list. Um, and out of everybody on the list, I think Amrabat may be. You, you may, it's hard to know. It, one, it's a loan deal, and and two, it's it's difficult to adjust, especially in the fucking state that the club is in. Um. Varane just needs to get his fucking his personal affairs in, in order to stop being a little whinge bag when he's not in the team. It, it is a team, yeah? Very surprising from him because he's known to be quite the consummate professional. Yeah. And he was he was, he was very much that way at at Madrid. But this might go this might just go to show you that the 
that toxic nature of the club and of the of the dressing room can torn players like him into a toxic little crybat. And and that's that's the thing. And he's probably looking at the other players. He he's probably looking at some of the other players in his first season, thinking, "Jesus, why if what's the story with this guy with this attitude?" But he's been there so long, you know, and he's kind of become entrenched in that poisonous culture that it consumes someone like him. Mm. And that's how bad it gets. And I, I'm sorry I'm repeating it again, but it stems from the top. So. Can I ask where has he been complaining? Varane. Yeah. Not getting enough game. Not getting where, where? Where has he been complaining? Apparently this is this has come from um, the a fallout with the manager. So there's one of the tweets that someone said to you was Ten Hag had so many public falling outs. Yes. Uh, and Varane is, is one of the one of the that was mentioned. Uh, so apparently he's falling out with the manager because he's not in the team. Uh, and this was this whole thing about him like potentially going to Saudi and all this sort of jazz yeah. that has all kind of came out. Um, now I'm sure the manager said to him, Rafa, you are a right-sided centre-back and as of this moment in time, Harry Kane, or Harry, I wish it was Harry fucking Kane, <laughs> uh, Harry Maguire is in better form than you are. And that is just how football works, mate. You, ca- you do not have the ability or I don't trust you enough to play left centre back, but he trusts him. But he trusts Dallo. I know he's not. He's not on the right. But this is where people are questioning the manager. Why is Why is Dallo being played? Very strange. When 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 you can slot one Basaka in there. So uh, the only thing that I can say is Dallo must be walking like a fucking prick in training. All he must week. be. Yeah. He must be walking like a prick in training all week. Coming in, yes, boss. How are you, boss? There's a rim job. Yeah, <laughs> runs himself, run, runs himself into the ground for the entire training. Do you know what I mean? He must be the, off of the actual ninety-minute football pitch. He must be putting serious work in for the but, for the manager to have the trust in him that he does. But that might be another issue as well. Why are they falling out with the manager? The manager essentially has come in and he's a disciplinarian. Yeah, he instills discipline, hard work ethic, yep, which principal. these players. Yeah, he's a and he's. It's, you have you to play that. that role. You have to be in that role. Yep. That is the role of a manager. Did you ever see watch Sister Act 2? And Sister Mary Clarence <laughs> rocks into the classroom. They're like, this is a board course. Where's your books? Yeah. And she comes in and is a disciplinary. Like, rocks the boat. Yeah. Says, this is not how it goes anymore. This is how it works. Yeah. And one of them gets up and walks out. The rest yeah. of them eventually fall into line. Oh, they do? Come on. You want a, you want a prime example of that? Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Remember the Titans. Yeah. Denzel Washington absolutely when he's you know you look like the Eugene Martin and you Jerry Lewis look alike that's right that's who you are <laughs> that's right when he when he brings them on oh when they go on the run and he looks at the the fucking what is it like the monuments or the graveyard for the, the battle of Gettysburg oh what a movie yeah ain't no mountain high ain't no valley low tangent ain't no river wide enough babe because do you know what we need to go on tangents <laughs> I'm sick and tired of talking about this we haven't even spoken about the fucking Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer that got released last week and we're not going to why <laughs> <laughs> so the density and the detail <laughs> so do you know what I will say about the trailer right so before we go back to the before we Thank go back you, before we Good go back man. to the football before we go back to the football right the fact that they just took all these viral clips <laughs> from Florida from Florida <laughs> and turned them into the trailer is oh, fucking genius amazing. it is genius whoever whoever in the marketing department came up with that idea but then also convinced that the powers that be 
that this is how we do it. It's rock star. Mate, it's genius. It's quality. It's quality. Anyways, back to the football, right? Yeah. So, uh, Dave, you may remind me what positions do we need for our all-time team? Are we into the centre mids? Uh, yeah, centre mids. Oh, this Easy one. We won't even have a debate about this because last week was good. Keen skulls. Yeah, Keen and Skulls. Has to be. Has to be. I think... Now I, oh, I love this debate. Someone, someone put this question for, for the for the ten hag out merchants. It would be uh, Pogba and someone else. <laughs> Pogba. That one good season. Pogba after the World Cup. Yeah, Pogba, Pogba and who else? Pogba and Martial as a ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you know what? Some, I, like, some I, absolute I, nut jobs would put Ander Herrera in there. As oh well. my! You know, but you know what? I love Ander Herrera, but yeah, so he's not. I, he's not getting whole, in that team. This whole revisionism and romanticism. You no, know, but about someone him being a club legend is bollocks. Someone had someone had said to me, um, if you were taking Bruno and put him in that that prime '90s team, that travel winning team. Yeah. If Skulls didn't exist, let's say I'm not replacing Skulls. If Skulls didn't exist in an alternative universe, but you had Bruno in Skulls' mm. place, would we be speaking about Bruno in the same way we speak about Skulls? Because I think we would be. I think he is that good. We'd be speaking about Bruno in the same breath as a Lampard or a Gerrard, obviously, because yeah. he, he he has the a similar output to those players. Yeah. Um, Skulls did too. Sometimes Skulls, obviously, as he got a bit older. You know, he wasn't scoring as much goals. He wasn't getting as much, but this much is, assists, but he was playing deeper and he had a far bigger influence. So, see, see, this is my argument when people bring out stats. Like, Peter Crouch has more Premier League assists than Paul Skulls. But I, I know how I want him in midfield. Yeah. Skulls pips Bruno over being a far more influential player. Absolutely. And obviously, he's a technically better player. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's very hard to find a player technically but as good as Paul Scholes. Do you Do you think... If Bruno was in that team, surrounded by those players, with that manager and the club the way it was back then, run properly, imagine the player that guy would have been. Unbelievable! Like he would flourish. I actually, it's breaking my heart you talking about this because he is like one of my favorite players. Post Fergie. Post Fergie. He he is my favorite player. I don't like to fucking criticize him. I don't want to because of the effort he puts in, the games he plays. Like, he's had... He's, I think he's been injured once in the four... He'll, it'll be four years he'll been at, he'll, he's been at the club next month. Like, and it was where I had that kind of... I had that um, connection to Mata as well. I really appreciated Mata yeah. and Again. everything he did for the club. And, and it killed me that he didn't win a Premier League with us. He yeah. didn't win a Premier League at all, actually, Mata. Did he not win with no, Chelsea? No, he didn't win one with Chelsea. Interesting. Yeah. You sure? Yeah, he didn't win a wow. Premier League with Chelsea. And he, he, like, I hate I hate saying that certain players deserve something because I don't think anything in football is a given. Their position on the pitch is not a given. And winning trophies, people say, like, oh, Ronaldo deserves a World Cup. Messi deserves a World Cup. Mm. He deserves fuck all. It's football. Yeah. Right? But I will say, Mata deserved more. He, he did. An ultimate professional. But and here's the thing as well about Bruno and I I want him to stay at the club for the rest of his career and that's I really do I I want him to be at the club until he's 30, 35, 36. And I think hopefully in years to come, maybe when he's a bit older and you know, he he'll probably be coming he'll be coming off the bench. Mm. We might have a brand new midfield. It'd be like the way Brian Robson was at the club when we won our first title in God knows how long. 
was it, 92 and 93. Mm-hmm. Robson was obviously our main guy throughout the 80s. He was essentially our Bruno Fernandes. I hope there's a similar story to that with Bruno Fernandes. But the, honestly, right now it's looking bleak. I can't can't see us winning the title in another 20-odd years. Not even close. And I think the other thing is, like, there's too, there's too much uh, financial pull from foreign nations now. When you get to the twilight of your career and Saudi come in and they're offering you crazy money for like one or two seasons. And if I was Bruno, take it. I'm, Go. And thank you very much. Not, and I, like, yeah, absolutely. I, I, like, I know people are like upset about Ander Herrera. I was a little bit upset when Ander Herrera yeah, left. Yeah, same. But with Bruno, it, that'll be one, that'll get to me. That'll get to and especially if he hasn't won a major trophy. Yeah. Even, even a fucking FA Cup or a, you know, Europa League, whatever. Yeah, I think so. I think it, like he's probably one of the few players in in the current squad now. Let's like you look at it and go, that's gonna hurt when he when he leaves. Yeah, um, especially if he doesn't win a major trophy. I mean, like is, has, was he part of that Europa League squad mm, with Mourinho? No. Oh no, Jesus, no. He 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 came in two just after. after. He lost the final. Lost the final with Oli. Um, because I mean that's. That's the closest he would have got that major trophy, and and even even then, it's it's the the sub par trophy mm. to the to the major to the actual major one, which has been the Champions League. I'm off, way off that. I have a question for you. I think I asked you already. Go on. Um, we probably will likely be going out of the Champions League tomorrow. Yeah. Do you want us to finish third or fourth? Last. You want us to finish straight over? I think an FA Cup is it needs to be the be all end all. I honestly think we'll struggle to finish top four um, I think Villa deserve top four <sighs> what a team Villa deserve top four the way Emery has that, those lads playing is nothing short of phenomenal Villa deserve terrific manager yeah we, we spoke about it plenty of times mm. unbelievable manager um, Villa deserve top four um, I just don't want City to win the league don't, don't care who wins it as long as it's not them I honestly don't care. People are going to be like, oh, you want Liverpool? I, I don't care who wins the league. I, don't, I want United to win it, but that's not going to happen. And by the way, I just want to, one of the last things I want to say here, if it does come to the situation where Eric Ten Hag is relieved of his duties, which I hope does not fucking happen, but you know what I want? I want fucking Ollie until the end of the season. I don't care. I want him until the end of the season. You know, who else? You know that's not going to happen. Because they're gonna go and get fucking Conte, who's been out. I don't though. want Conte. No, either do we. But you I, know, want, I want. I want. I want. You know that's gonna be the one, don't you? You know exactly that's gonna be the. What do you want? I want Ten Hag to stay in his fucking job. Oh, I want. Well, that's that's my priority. But I'm talking about if it comes to that situation where either get Oli back or what's his fucking name at Ipswich? McKenna. McKenna. Why don't? Why would he leave Ipswich? Yeah. He's got a good gig there. Why would Oli come back to United? He's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. To I'd rather not do anything than deal with that shoy. Yeah, I, know, I suppose. I'm, but that, if, if if it comes to that situation, and I'm I'm sure so many listeners are gonna be like, "I'll shut the fuck up." Who else Honestly, would have? You know, if you're listening to this podcast, send us your tweets, send us your Instagram DMs on who you think would be uh, a replacement for Eric Ten Hag hey. if it does come for him getting the sack. If the club acts stupidly again. But let's let's be real, Which right? Which I hope doesn't happen. If we're gonna lose anyway, we might as well do it with good vibes. I look, we might as well, right? And or could it be like Lampard <sighs> when he went back to Chelsea <laughs> in an interim basis? Before <gasps> they are fucking shit, before, by the way. Before we 
run through some of these tweets really, really quickly. Um, I'm just going to turn around and say that one of the biggest mistakes that United have made in recent years is uh, selling Dan James. Yeah. Um, straight up. And I'll die on that hill. A lad who put uh, put in a ton of effort. Far more effective on that right wing than uh, Big one. than Anthony. Do you remember Big. him against City? Yeah. That away game against City. I, I, do you know, I loved, I loved that game so much. That was, what, four years ago now? It's the same day I put up my Christmas decorations. The first year I was in, we were in our brand new house. Nice and memory. just it was lovely vibes, real Christmassy. And then watching United at half five, beat City. Pastor Fred putting in a fantastic performance. I miss Fred. I miss Fred. Big one. But anyway, look, we do not want, we still, I do not want 10 hags sacked, but changes have to be made. Dallow, Anthony. And Martial. All out, oh, Marcia, all out. Marcia, please, please, God, someone come in so, January and just take Marshall. Right, right. As we wrap, as we wrap it up, um, just two quick tweets. One from our pal uh, Derek Finnegan once again says, uh, "I like Hoyland a lot, but um, but I've spent years listening to ex strikers pundits say." That, yeah. Um, he's getting into the right position. The goals will come. He's miss for on, on not only him misfiring forwards in, in general. Um, I'm worried that I can't think of him missing any sitters or even one v one chances that he's missed. Well, yeah, because there's no supply. That's why he's not missing what, those chances. What he needs is, firstly, Anthony Marshall needs to go, and we need to bring in a new striker on loan who is of decent quality, not a, a Wout Weghorst. Mm. So I've, I've mentioned Mehdi Taremi of Porto. I think he's a fantastic player. Mm. His his output for Porto has been fantastic over the last couple of years. He's 30-31. He needs someone a little bit older who he can learn from. Yeah, like like the way we had Cavani that time. Oh, a player like Cavani. Yeah. But here's the problem with that. And, and sorry, I know we're, people talk about Martial and... Oh, I wonder where it went wrong. I'll tell you where it went wrong. The guy's mentality, his attitude stinks. When you, I always think... Ibrahimovic came in. He folded under pressure because he believed that he couldn't compete with Ibrahimovic. Lukaku, Cavani, all of these big name strikers that United have signed over the years, whereas Martial would have a good season beforehand. He, he never fought for a starting place. No. Ever. He's happy enough with the 200, 250 grand he earns a week. Yeah, That's absolutely. the problem with him. So then lastly, why do you think Ten Hag has had a public falling out with so many players? Um, Sancho, Varane, Martial, uh, Ronaldo, maybe one or two others that I can't think of. Uh, but definitely four or five in, in his fourth year of the club seems crazy. Who's to blame? So first of all, the players are to blame, for one, because mm. you don't fall out with the manager. What the manager says goes. That's, that, mm. that is the bottom line. How many, how many players did Fergie fall out with? Fucking loads of them. I think the alarming thing here is uh, the answer to that question is those players aren't used to discipline. Right? They're not. They're not used to. They're. They're, but, they're used to being mollycoddled and spoiled rotten. That's the problem. Yeah. They have a comfort bubble around. So, them. so there's 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 two things there. Um, as as you said, there they're, they're spoiled and you don't like the discipline, right? Because Fergie fell out with many, 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 many players. But where did they all end up? Gone. We out, mentioned out, that. out the door. Sorry, I've just thought of something there. Did you see Matic? Did you see his interview last week? About how much um Who he mentioned who was Pogba and constantly Sancho. late. Pogba and Sancho constantly late for training. Constantly over late for training. over seventy grand was donated to charity in late funds. Yes. And he came up with that huh? incentive. Ollie. Um 
You wouldn't have thought that Sancho and Pogba? No, I wouldn't have thought Ollie would have the actual, t- the well, the balls really to say. There was a lot about Ollie that people didn't, he, he, he didn't kind of reveal to the, the public. all smiling and yeah. post-match interviews. Because he, he took the Fergie me- method. Where what happens in the dressing room stays in the dressing room. Those arguments and those sort of things, yeah. like there's no there's no real documents of Oli falling out with, with players mm. in that in that same vein. The same mm. way Jose did, or the same way we're seeing it with Ten Hag now. Because Oli went out and smiled to the cameras and got absolutely rinsed by our own fan base for it. But at the same time, he went into the dressing room and absolutely milled people. You see him on the sideline. That clip, I think, is to, to Pereira. He says, "You do that again, you're fucking off." Yeah, do you know what I mean? And no, that, it was Lingard. Uh, Lingard was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, like, there, there was definitely a side to Oli that people really, really skirted over. Do you know what I mean? Um, just to go back to that tweet then before we finish up, the other side of that is um, social media. We did not have social media back in, in the day. We didn't have these players going to their agents and their agents crying and putting mm. out press statements and leaking shit to the media and all this other sort and of thing. And getting, well, I know they always got lucrative brand deals, but, you know, using their social media... Yeah, do branded work. But yeah, they really don't need that because they get enough wages every yeah. week, don't they? So, so that's why the managers falling out with so many players publicly because every manager falls out with players, just not in a public vein. Um, but the, the issue is what it actually boils down to is is the players being spoiled little brats because you don't you shouldn't fall out with your manager. Your manager says you're not doing this. You say, okay, boss, no bother. Tell me how to fix it. Hmm. That's how it should be. Why? Because you're on fucking 200 plus grand a fucking week and you're living out the dreams of billions of fucking young men that have played football in their entire lives and would fucking die to be in your position. Die to be on those pitches. Yeah, they would. Not only like to be capable of playing at that level but to actually fucking make it there and you have, like how sickening is that that these fuckers have this attitude? I know. Um, We're about to wrap up. Sorry, I know we've, we've got two huge... Are we in for another massacre on, on Sunday? Oi. We have Paul Howard coming in next week, by the way. Staunch Liverpool fan. Yeah. Ross O'Carroll Kelly. Like, I, I, I don't know, and I, I hate to say it, but I really, really hope that it, it doesn't. Because if, if there is two really heavy defeats, if we are beaten heavily by Bayern and finish bottom of that group, and then if we are beaten heavily by Liverpool, and I mean beaten heavily the way we were under Oli, I think that could be nail, nails in the coffin for, for Ten Hag. It shouldn't be, but... Are they going to do that when we're, what, three points off? This is the thing. Fourth? I know. This, 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 crazy, is, this is the thing. But the league is so open. It's a ridic- it's ridiculous. I've never seen the league like this before. Ever. So open. It's, Teams are all over the place. It days. is mental. Like, it's I know mental. Liverpool are top, but they were not convincing whatsoever against Palace. If you watch that, oh, they were fucking shit. Well, first, and up until, up until that red card, which was... Well, soft, right? And if you look, actually look at the two goals, right? Trent pulls his cacks down for the corner, right? Rooney got Rooney got banned for celebrating a goal, and and the camera caught him, caught him swearing, mm. and he and he was served a ban for it, right? Why isn't Trent? How many children are in that ground now? Is that not indecent exposure? Do you That's against why? the law, if you ask do me. You know why? Because they're not going to do anything to Liverpool after their fucking failed incompetency. Um, during the Spurs game how incompetent they were with that decision yeah. Liverpool are going to get a lot of decisions yeah right because the two goals the Nunes tackle that they win the ball back mm. and then it's him that pings it across unbelievable finish by the way but that tackle is is like borderline a red card mm. he's off his feet and comes right through the back of somebody 
So you talk about Liverpool not being convincing like the two goals that they scored in that game but the issue with Liverpool is everybody's talking about City and Arsenal City Arsenal City Arsenal City Arsenal Liverpool are just ticking away just picking up points quietly in the fucking background they're not even in, in the Champions League around they're just picking up points they're in the, the Europa League though yeah and that, ta- that takes a great effect it does but there's no there's, there's no pressure on them this year there's no expectations for them to actually go and fight Mm-hmm. so this is probably the best year in my opinion this is the best chance they have to actually go and win the league anyways folks we will wrap it up there we apologise profusely for the ranting and raving and the depressing nature of this podcast and there's going to be more of it um, next week and we're going to have Paul Howard in who so, by um, all accounts is my biggest troll unless, on Twitter <laughs> unless there is unless there is a Christmas miracle I'd love nothing more to have Paul Howard in this studio next week because he's been giving it no, to me. But you know what I want? Do you know what I'd love? Do you know what I'd, I'd, I'd fucking relish it? What? Right? Do you remember Bruno's goal against uh, Man City where Rashford absolutely should have been flagged yeah. off? So I want a 1-0 win but like that. I mean the worst. <laughs> the problem, con- is, like the problem w- is Bruno's not playing, bud. <laughs> no, but I don't even mean if it's, like, if it's Bruno. Like, I mean like... Who, who are we going to play in the midfield? <laughs> fucking, I don't know. I lace up my boots. Um, but I don't care who it is. Like, I'd, do you know what I'd love like Hoyland to be like borderline offside for it to be for now for there to be a foul in the build up borderline offside and a handball and then buries it and we win 1-0 and VAR does nothing and I want them to sit there and I want them to be fuming that's what I want but we're probably going to lose 4-0 um, anyways we will wrap it up there <laughs> um, we'll see you next week for another depressing episode of the United Way yeah, podcast it's going to be a bad one this has been episode 19 to the Wood York episode which we did not even touch on and we'll just say very briefly how underrated that kid was yeah he's um, fantastic I think we sp- spoke about him in, in other episodes um, talked about the 99 stuff like that but yeah. um, next week is the Oli Gunnar Solskjaer episode yes or the Robin Van Persie episode <gasps> Oh, nah, it has to be Oli. It's Oli, isn't it? Has to be Oli for ninety nine. It had for for ninety nine. It's a bit of a split down the middle for me. I know Oli won more at the club than Van Persie, but just that Van Persie's that, impact, that final season. Yeah, that Van Persie impact. But we will see you next week for episode twenty. Please like and rate the podcast wherever you are listening to it. Share it to your mates. Share it, please. Uh, if you know any United fans that like being absolutely depressed like us too, share it to them as well. Because um, there's nothing better than being miserable together. And um, we'll catch you next week, folks. Ciao. Subscribe to this podcast for free on the Go Loud app.